0: Miami took on LeBron James and the Lakers on Monday night featuring monster games from both Bam to Bible and Jimmy Butler, about a million technical fouls and non-existent offense late in the fourth quarter. And the Heat did just enough to narrowly escape with a one-point win. We break it all down and answer your questions on today's episode of Locked on Heat.
1: You are locked on Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right. Welcome to Locked On Heat, your daily podcast on the Miami Heat. I'm We're joining you as always. with David Lamille. However, you're tuning in on YouTube's podcast. Thank you so much for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make it every moment more right now. New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150. Bucks. If your team wins, visit FanDuel.com locked to get started. The Heat escaped with a 108-107 to win over the Lakers on Monday night. It was an exciting end, despite both teams being unable to make a basket for the final two and a half minutes. The Heat had been up by 13 earlier in the game, but the Lakers came back. Then both teams went back and forth for the final 239, just missing shots. Some of them good shots, some of them not so good shots, but missing them nonetheless. And on the final possession, LeBron James, with a chance to win the game with nine seconds left in the game, drives draws two defenders, kicks it out to Cam Reddish in the corner, clean look in that hot corner, uh, and a good look at it, but it rims off and the Heat escape with the win. It's a statement win for the Miami Heat, uh, David, their best win of the season. I don't think that that's too much of a stretch. Uh, and I think it was Jimmy Butler's best game of the season, maybe even more importantly.
0: Yeah, I think that was my biggest takeaway from the game was just Jimmy looked energized in a way that we haven't seen him for most of the season. I don't know if it was the matchup against LeBron. He spoke about it. You know, the post-game press conference saying it's always an honor to play somebody as great as LeBron, arguably the best player of all time. So maybe it was an extra little bit of motivation there, but you could see Jimmy doing the little things that perhaps he hadn't been doing earlier on. Maybe he's finally back up to you know regular season form after having missed the whole preseason and kind of looking shaky to start the season, but now he looks significantly better Best game of the season by far.
1: Yeah. I mean, I asked him after the game if if, or I think I asked Eric Spolster after the game and him if if going against LeBron maybe just gave him a little oomph, just a little something extra. Yeah. And both of them obviously and predictably dismissed that uh as a possibility. I disagree. I think that's exactly what it was. I think this he finally cared. Jimmy Butler finally cared. And I want I'm I'm so glad we start here because we, and I think rightfully, were kind of giving him some criticism because it, he just – he missed the entire preseason. He sat out the preseason, didn't care to play. He sat out with a dental procedure and all these things, and he looked like he had not played in the preseason to start the season. This was the first game where that shot was finally falling. He was making those patented fadeaway jumpers that had been kind of
0: – active and aggressive, like grabbing rebounds, right. like taking balls ball from a, an opposing player. You know, like he was just – diving to the floor, doing the things that we came to miss over the start of the season. Like, we have gone so accustomed to seeing from Jimmy. So, it's a great point.
1: 28 points on 9 of 15 shooting, 7 free throws attempts, made all 7 of them, 6 assists, 4 rebounds, a couple of steals. And I do want to get to the 3-point shooting here in a second. But just more to the point of, this was a big game for the Heat. They had to get this one, I thought, because this next stretch is going to be really tough. Very, very road heavy, basically for the rest of the month, the Heater on the road.
0: Nine of the next 10 games on the road.
1: So to get this one in your building against a Lakers team that is a contender, uh, with LeBron James and Anthony Davis and all these things. Anthony Davis was in and out with a groin injury for most of the second half. But this was a phenomenal LeBron game. He got he got 30. And what was really cool, I thought, about this game was that Jimmy and LeBron were going head to head the entire game. LeBron guarded Jimmy. And Jimmy guarded LeBron, and that to me was was special, quite frankly. And I and that's one of the things that I asked Bo about after the game. And um, I think everybody could agree that being able to see that not and knowing you know the history between those two guys uh, and just how old LeBron is and how old Jimmy Butler is too, uh, not as old as LeBron, but. Um, I thought it was just really cool, and it was it was a really fun game. And you and I basically went into this thing like, we just want this to be fun. We would love to see LeBron score 30 and for the Heat to get the win on a, a, on a, at the end of the game. And that's exactly what happened. I think the only thing we predicted was that it might be like a Tyler Hero buzzer beater to win the game. And instead, it was just no buzzer beaters, just no scores. So maybe the most fun game I've seen in a long time where no team scored for three the final three minutes. Uh,
0: yeah, that was pretty exciting stuff. Like, it was just... It was chaotic in a sense because both teams were making a lot of mistakes. It seemed like I kind of jokingly said this to you, "It seemed like neither team wanted to win." The Heat scored their last field goal with about four and a half minutes left in the game then scored a technical free throw about 20 or 30 seconds after that and then went completely dry from that point forward, 108 something, and then the, the Lakers scored a couple points and then they went dry for the last two and a half minutes. A turnover, a missed shot, a rebound, a foul, a, a turnover again. It was just over and over the last few possessions and nobody could seem to capitalize and get any kind of offense whatsoever. Maybe it was just they were tired, and kind of spoke to the same, the high energy level that everybody was playing. Yeah. There was an intent intensity from both sides, I think, maybe a recognition of a high competition level. Uh, Mm -hmm. uh, LeBron certainly, I think, wanted to put on a show here in Miami. I don't know if it's because reporters tend to ask him these kinds of questions, but earlier at Shooter today, and even his post-game press conference, speaking highly of the organization, talking about his time here in Miami, I know it's not necessarily a tired conversation considering he left almost 10 years ago, but it's still relevant to him. Yes. You know, it's still something that, that defined a big part of his career, and so he wanted to put on a show here, and Miami fans certainly got that on a night where they unveiled... Their culture where I think they really showed the height of heat culture, especially something that's defined them in the last couple of seasons. Um, narrow wins, great performances, and great games. Like, bam, Jimmy, and we'll talk about them in the next segment.
1: And the fourth quarter collapse is also a concern. We'll get to that when we get to our listener questions. So heat culture, baby. Um, In terms of Jimmy Butler, if this is the get-right game for him, if this is like, if his legs are now under him, if he's got that strength, if he's back into midseason form, what we saw tonight Jimmy Butler, 28 points, Bam of Bio, a 22 point, 20 rebound, 10 assists, triple double. Tally Hero doing all the Tyler Hero things, missing some shots. He went eight for 20, 40%. It's not terrible. It's not great. Uh, but I thought he played a really good floor game. I, I didn't have a problem with most of the shots. Some of them were a little iffy, but 22 points, five assists, five rebounds, three steals. Uh, I thought like those three led the way for them. And If and now I with with Jimmy in this playing like this again, it's not quite like playoff Jimmy Butler, but it was pretty close. If he's if he can kind of be more of a twenty plus per game score and doing all these things that we're used to seeing him do. I could see how this clicks now, right? I could see how that big three, for lack of a better term, between Jimmy Butler, Bam, and Tyler Hero, how they click with this version, this better, more improved version of Tyler Hero, a better, more improved version of Bam. And if they're going to, if Jimmy and Bam are going to start shooting threes the way that they did tonight, that unlocks a whole lot of, a uh, lot more of other things. So um, I'm hoping that this is a step in the right direction for Jimmy Butler, because if it is, it's a step in the right direction for the Heat. Yeah,
0: okay. I, I think it's an interesting you know, thing to consider how well these three mesh moving forward. Tyler was a little bit off today on a night when Bam and Jimmy both have monster performances. That hasn't been the case mm-hmm. of late where he's made, you know, put on a strong performance and Jimmy has struggled. Or something like
1: and that. off for Tyler Hero is still 22 points, which yeah, is a great I mean, sign. I
0: mean, yeah, okay. I mean, he, he was getting to the line early. Yep. And again, he's doing a lot of little things. I think he played some nice possessions offensively. I know he was hunted on a couple of possessions too, but I think that's just the nature of who he is and how he's perceived around the league. But overall, I saw him kind of mix it up, being as physical as possible, mm-hmm. really taking some pride in the defensive effort that he was putting forth. And, and I think he had... A, Solid overall game, not a great
1: one. The turnovers were a little bit of an issue. He still has problems with size and getting trapped and double teamed up, up up high and stuff like that. But whatever, man, I'll, I'm, I'm okay living with that kind of stuff if, if you're getting a, this, the overall kind of performance that you got from the Heat uh, tonight. Also worth mentioning that Haywood Highsmith started at power forward in place of Kevin Love. No Kevin Love in the rotation at all the heat go with nine players Duncan Robinson, Josh Richardson, Jaime Hawkins Jr. and Thomas Bryant off the bench Um, LeBron finished with 30 points Anthony Davis was in and out uh, with just nine points so not a great game for him but obviously he was hurt Austin Reeves 23 points for the Lakers too so this was a fun one a big one uh, and and I know that we have a lot of credit cookies to give out for this game we've already mentioned some of the players and I think we have a lot more to give out we're going to do that after this
0: Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Score early this NFL and NBA season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. It's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads your props, over-unders, and more. So go visit fanduel.com slash locked and kick off the NFL and NBA season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL and NBA.
1: Thanks again for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app. Well, David, it's time for the tastiest segment of Locked On Heat. It is time for credit cookies. As always, we have 10 credit cookies to hand out. Where should we start?
0: I think we'll start off with Jimmy just to get yep. that out of the way because I think he was a monster tonight, a really solid, efficient overall game, doing a lot of things defensively, taking on that matchup of LeBron James. I've got him at four cookies.
1: That's very – I i have the same thing. I think that's fair. Uh, we talked enough about Jimmy Buller. Let's move on to Bam. Yes. I just want to – I already read the stat line. I'm going to do it again if I think it's worth it. 22 points, 20 rebounds, yes. 10 assists, and if that wasn't enough, he also had two steals and two blocks. Right. He was unbelievable tonight, and it didn't ever feel like he was forcing it. I thought his rebounding was so important in this game, and you know me, I'm not even—I don't even care about rebounding. I thought I cared about his rebounding tonight. Um, I think Tim Reynolds from the Associated Press had this after the game. Uh, I haven't checked it, but he said that it's the only 20 rebound triple double in Miami Heat history, uh, and if that's the case, that's very impressive. I, I,
0: head, I think just tweeted out a friend of the program from Heat.com. Only 5 20 rebound triple doubles in NBA history. Wow, Ron, Nikola Jokic. Uh, Jokic. I'm sorry, Jokic, not Jokic. Uh, Boogie Cousins. Also, that sounds him. about right. Yeah, uh, and I, one other player that I can't remember, along with Bam and Abayo, So
1: like Hakeem, maybe, or like. Oh, great! With yeah, that'll do it. Yeah. um
0: Some all-time greats, monster <laughs> stat lines. That's basically what it was. An incredible level of effort. I mean, my notes in the first first quarter was Bam, high energy. He was everywhere. Taking on the challenge, I think, personally, of Anthony Davis, and a lot of talk about who would you prefer, Anthony Davis Mm. and Bam at a bio, I think he was trying to make an imprint early on. He, like, blocked AD, made him look silly, attacked him on offense, did a lot of things like that throughout the course of the game, and AD just looks completely overmatched by Bam.
1: Yeah, and I don't know really when the groin injury happened for AD, but I don't think it happened that early in the game. And so uh, he came out, like, Three or four minutes left in the second quarter, I want to say, before halftime, and then it was never really right after that. Kind of came, tried to come back in, and then wasn't able to finish the game. And most
0: but, of his points, I think, not all of them were scored on Thomas Bryant, too.
1: The <laughs> there
0: match- was a yeah. The matchup versus Mam was certainly one that Mam won
1: tonight. Uh, if we gave out uh, blame pie tonight, which fortunately we are not, a lot of it would have went to Thomas Bryant. The minutes. And we're now we're starting to see the difference now between Bam and Thomas Bryant. And I think Thomas Bryant is a good player. Thomas Bryant's biggest issue is that he's an inconsistent player, you know, and I think Bam is just so consistent. He's not putting up 20 rebound triple doubles all the time, but he is just so consistent in the effort and all the things that he does provide. His floor is just so high, in other words, for Bam, where the floor for Thomas Bryant is is quite low yeah. to the point where uh, the, the Lakers started making that run early in the fourth quarter when Bam was resting. And I tweeted, I'm like, Bam's going to have to come in earlier than he usually does in that fourth quarter or they're going to just lose this game and if you could argue like if they wait one more possession and, and bam comes in with like 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter ends up playing 38 minutes tonight which is obviously higher than his average uh and thomas bryan only less than 10 minutes tonight um which is lower than his average but if you, you could say if thomas Bryant is in there for one more possession the he could lose this game given that they only won the game we by one question point
0: about thomas bryan, that will answer that yeah seconds, so we'll save it for that but for now bam mm-hmm. Maybe one of his best games in his career. Like, I know it wasn't oh, really sure.
1: in terms of the,
0: the offensive production that a lot of deep fans are looking for, but he was aggressive. What were finish his finishes total
1: 20 shot attempts.
0: 20 shot attempts. I
1: mean, and, what, and he took a three pointer in the flow of the offense early in the shot yeah, clock. He took
0: to it comfortable early in the game.
1: Just the Pass from Tyler Hero. Yes. Uh, drive, a little driving kick. I love the Tyler Hero Bam at a bio two man game in this, uh, which leads to Tyler Hero. I think he deserves some credit cookies. I loved his ball movement.
0: Uh, I know it's going to be seen as being a little critical. I I think, you know, this was a little bit of a reversion after just yesterday in our episode saying that I thought he had taken a leap and he was doing more to kind of pace himself a little bit more efficiently. Tonight, he seemed, in my opinion, a little sped up. I didn't get a chance to ask him after the game. But that was just my perception of seeing him play was that he was kind of a little out of rhythm. I'm not sure if he was maybe a little extra juice himself because he wanted to prove the differences between him and Austin Reeves, maybe a little too overly aggressive. Again, he was taking those shots, and that's who Tyler is. So I, it's not a criticism necessarily, but it just led to an overall inefficient night for him. So I don't have him as any credit cookies. If you feel like he deserves one, that's fine. I've got one for Haywood and one for Duncan, along with four for Bam and Jimmy. So that's how I – That's
1: how I One for Duncan one for Haywood. That's fair. Let's take um... –
0: you want to take one from Jimmy?
1: Yeah, let's take one from Jimmy and give it to Tyler. Okay, that's fine. Tyler. He scored 22 points. I, yes. That counts. He
0: us he,
1: he, he was he, a lot of fun. Let's, talk, let's talk. I'm okay with it. The, let's talk about Duncan and Haywood. Haywood getting that start in place of Kevin Love. We already discussed it. Had this crazy, like, Xavier and Howard interception. Uh, That led to, uh, obviously, a turnover and then a three-pointer for Haywood Highsmith. The ball came back to him and ended up hitting a catch-and-shoot three-pointer on the other end. I thought that was his best just kind of back and forth of the game. Uh, And then Duncan Robinson was phenomenal. He had 12 points. I think eight of those were in the first quarter. Um, Just much-needed points. He took six three-pointers. Still not taking as many threes as I would like. Of the 11 shots, only six of them were threes. But... He did have a great take uh, off the right wing. Attacked, I think it was Torian Prince. I want to say off the dribble, who was kind of lightly, kind of lazily closing out, and he's like, "All right, I think I'm gonna, I think I have the angle on this dude." Went in with his, kind of leaned into him with his left arm to create some separation. Finished on the right side of the basket with the right hand, uh, and I and I and you looked at me and you're like, "Okay, you've got to like that one." Yeah. And I was like, "I okay, I like that one. That one was good. That was a good one." You're
0: talking about that? Duncan
1: yeah like I'm like, I, I'm sort of anti Duncan taking twos because I like the threes more because they're worth more points but that one was a good that was a good take that was a good take ask
0: words about the diversity in his offensive repertoire something that I've talked about as well I know you you kind of want to lead him heavily into yeah. the three-point dive right and I'm sure that's still gonna be there but I, I think you know we've seen the kind of balance now where two three years ago the year after he signed a contract, it seemed like everybody was trying to shut him down, be more physical, run him off the line, keep him from getting those three-pointers going. And he had to figure out some other way of scoring or making an impact in the game. And that led to a lot of criticism from Heat fans and everybody else saying, oh, what's going on with Duncan Robinson? He was out of sorts, out of rhythm. Now, all of a sudden, I think he's found that balance. He started to do so last year, taking that floater early on. We saw in the postseason, mixing it up with some playmaking. He just looks like an overall very well balanced player,
1: He's and, not just a three-point shooter. Three assists tonight too for him. And look, I, I understand even like mentally, you know, as a three-point shooter, not just Duncan, just in general, as a three-point shooter, like if you if that three is not falling, it could, it could be really easy to get in your head, right? And you kind of end up being in a slump. But if you have other, ver- other things that you could do and that three-point shot isn't falling and then you're like, okay, well, at least I could do this thing and this thing. If like, if X isn't happening, I still have Y and Z then mentally that frees you up a little bit and you can put less pressure on yourself. And then maybe next thing you know, you're out of that three-point slump a little bit earlier. Um, We mentioned Haywood Highsmith. We do have a question about uh, the rotation. Um, And let's just get to it now because we have a little bit of time here. EJ Brooksy, has Miami finally found their rotation? And I I just want to focus on the Haywood Highsmith part of it. He's now started two straight games. Uh, Kevin Love has not played the last two games. I th- there was a shoulder injury that was a concern last week. He's not on the injury report anymore with a shoulder injury. He was a DNP C D tonight. Yeah, he was available. Uh, I think we're here. I think we're – you and I basically thought we would get – by the end of the year, Haywood would be the starting power forward. Um, Haywood didn't play the first four games with the knee injury. He came back. He's playing. Maybe a little bit of a minutes restriction right now, but he's starting. He's starting, and I think that's where we're, I think that's where we're at going forward.
0: I wonder – how much sooner before we might see Kevin Love replace Thomas Bryan as a backup center. So I think that it unlocks be, it. Yeah, I think that might be the next step of his evolution there too, is, is you know getting those backup minutes. He kind of filled that role to some degree mm-hmm. in Cleveland before he was bought out there. Uh it's a possibility. I, I think I think you're right though. I think Hydesmith as a starter, like his energy early on was so infectious. You know, my brother-in-law tweeting me during the – texting me during the game saying, I I just love Haywood. He's a baller. I was like, oh, let's pump the brakes a little bit. But I do love his energy. Like deflections, taking on LeBron James, Anthony Davis, D'Angelo Russell. Russell thought he was going to cook him. And then mm, all of a sudden, that yeah. seven-foot reach of his just said, no, you're not going to get past me. And he just deflected the ball just enough to make it uncomfortable for him and couldn't initiate a fast break opportunity for the Lakers. So I really like Haywood's overall defensive game. I think he should continue to be the starter.
1: I think he will. I think he will. I think everybody agrees with you. And Now with Haywood in there, instead of having three minus defenders, you only have two in Lowry and Tyler. And and Kevin Love was sort of the most minusy of the defenders. Lowry is still just really smart and can do stuff. And he took this great charge against LeBron that might've also kind of swung the game at that. Yeah. It might've saved the game now in retrospect. And then you and I have talked enough about Tali hero and and he tends to be in the right place. He's making plays in passing lanes. Now he's doing whatever it is that he can do, even though he's always going to be a liability just because of his size, just like how Lowry. but um, overall I think that's what we're going to be seeing with the starting five going forward. And it's a great note by you on Kevin love, Uh, but coming up, we try to get to the bottom of the Miami heat's fourth quarter issues that almost cost them another game in this one. That's coming up next year on locked on heat.
0: Today's episode is brought to you by Jace medical. There's a lot of different factors out there in the world that might make things difficult for you to get the medications you might need. there's a supply chain, chain shortage or medications or the inability to get the medications in a timely manner, especially when you need them. But the Jace case, is a personalized emergency medication kit that contains five essential antibiotics that treat the most common and deadly bacterial infections. And you can also customize the Jace case and add additional life-saving medications based on your unique needs. Jace Medical now offers customizability for your Jace case with dozens of add-on medications. You can choose the ones that best fit you and your family's needs. So go to jacemedical.com and enter the code LOCKEDON at checkout for a $20 discount on your order. That's promo code LOCKEDON at jasemedical.com.
1: Thanks for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app. Let's go to Twitter and take our questions. Thanks to everybody who sent in those questions using that hashtag, AskLOHeat. You can always send in questions on Twitter. You can email them, lockdownheat at gmail.com. You can also send them to us uh, on Instagram and our DMs, LockedOnHeat on Instagram as well. Let's get to this question from Azam, who writes in, do we need to conduct some sort of exorcism before every fourth quarter begins, he asks.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's been such a problem for a long time. I remember years ago when this was first cropping up. I think it might have been... I don't, I don't even remember exactly at what point it was, but it seems like it, this has been the modus operandi for this team for quite some time, where they really are engaged for three quarters and then in the fourth quarter. I don't know if it's fatigue because of the defensive intensity that they show early on, and they just don't have nothing less than the tank. It's kind of why they needed to acquire a superstar like Dame Lillard, somebody who could take the pressure off offensively, make things easier late in game so you don't have to come down to these clutch minute situations. But you know, if an exorcism helps, I'll try. <laughs> but at this point in time, I think this is just who Miami is, and we'll continue to.
1: Well, the weird thing was that they were a great fourth quarter team last year, and they were kind of a lousy first three quarters team. And now it's sort of the opposite; it's been the inverse so far this year. It's still so early in the year that you still have to ask yourself, like, what's real, what's not real, uh, and and I I don't know that the fourth quarter issues are real. Like for instance, tonight, I think it was like I. I would love to give better than analysis than it's a make or miss league, but they were one on nine on three pointers. And I liked a lot of those shots that they got. I liked a lot of the looks Tyler hero got was one of four in the three, uh, from three in the fourth quarter, Duncan missed his only shot. Josh missed his only shot. Jaime missed his only shot. And all three of those, the Duncan, Josh, Jaime shots were open catch and shoot looks like those were really good looks. Uh, if you make just a couple more of those, we're not even having this, this conversation because Miami was outscored 28 to 18 in the fourth quarter. Uh, like i said if you make a couple more of those i'm bad at math but that it's not as bad so uh you have that the other issue for Miami in the fourth quarter the really bad issue was the turnovers there was nine turnovers and you can look at the box score nine fourth nine fourth quarter turnovers according to the box score here and and That's a lot of when the Lakers had their turnovers, when you like, when you watch, when you look at the box score, you're like, wow, that's really bad. There's no excuse for that. But then you kind of watch the game and the way that it was flowing and both teams, just kind of going back and forth. And the ball just like, seemed to have like olive oil on it. Like nobody could hold it, you know? And so I was, I kind of give it a, a, I'm not a pass but a little bit and, and the Lakers scored 13 points off of those turnovers. So that was really the issue in this particular fourth quarter, but I don't know that that's been the issue in all the fourth quarters. I think the biggest problem for Miami outside of this game was Jimmy Butler lacking, right? Because it puts so much on Tyler's plate, which he has the issues with the trapping and those kind of fourth quarter style defenses. And then obviously with bam. Now, if you have Jimmy as a real closer, he had five points in the fourth quarter tonight. Maybe you want a little bit more from him. He did get to the free throw line for three shots uh, there, but, yeah, I, I think that this fourth quarter was just a little weird. Maybe you do need to perform an exorcism before these things. But I'm not, I'm not totally on the uh, I'm freaking out uh, stage yet of this thing. Uh, Emmanuel writes in, is Bam underrated?
0: No, I think he's properly rated at this point. I, I think there's always going to be people who can't appreciate the little things he does and how he contributes to uh, as the hub of, on your offensive and defensive side of the ball. So it's kind of makes it a little difficult. It's a very nuanced, I think, game to appreciate, and so I don't think he's ever going to get that kind of widespread. I think without a forty-point, fifty-point game, etc., that's just what people gravitate to the most. It's like high school.
1: You're you're exactly right. Uh, this twenty-two point, twenty rebound triple-double is a nice loud box score that people are going to notice. Um, we need to kind of do like the maybe the nikola Jokic playbook like Jokic now is just the box score itself is just crazy but there was like three years ago where he was like an advanced analytics kind of appreciation guy and like they're like oh his his d is bpm and this and his warp on that is like the highest of all the things of all ever yes. and and that was sort of the the denver area messaging right that people were trying to get out on this guy i think maybe miami has to do something similar where it's like hey bam's snorples are like off the chain, so we need to really pay attention to that, you know. So maybe we could do something like that. Um, I love that the
0: a uh, Twitter is, is actually tweeting out like statistics. That they showed some earlier today, kind of like tongue in cheek and fully self aware at the same time. Understanding we haven't done this in the past, we haven't been lauding him as much as possible, but let's get the train rolling early on yeah. to start promoting that Defensive Player of the Year campaign because he's making big stops. This twenty rebound effort from him and just putting the locks on Anthony Davis before he was hurt. Really impressive overall.
1: Um, this kind of feeds into the next thing too. Cause the other problem with Bam is he's not one of these floor spacing fives that everybody wants to have and, and uh, really do want to have, but could he be uh, Andrew writes in thoughts on Jimmy and Bam shooting threes. They took what the defense gave them early, but they went away from uh, side, open respect threes and whatever thoughts on Jimmy and Bam shooting threes. Let's just have that conversation uh, in the first Two minutes,
0: yeah.
1: and I don't even have to look up this stat because I know it for a fact. This has never happened before. In the first two minutes, Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler both took three-pointers in the flow of the offense early in the shot clock. Like actual real three-pointers, not the bailout, hey, it's the end of the shot clock, I have to heave something up. Three Real, legitimate three-pointers, and I almost fell out of my chair. I didn't know what was happening. <laughs> I don't know what was happening. Um, I love it. It was the Lakers playing off of Jimmy, playing off of Bam, giving it to them and they said, okay, if you're gonna give me this much space, I'm just gonna shoot this thing. And they both made those three pointers. I want more of this. I was hoping that Bam would take another three at some point. There was one other opportunity. I thought he could have done it in the second half. Anthony Davis was, was it Anthony Davis. It might have been their ba- it might have been uh, Christian Wood playing way off of him and and he ended up just flowing into some sort of dribble handoff like his comfort zone, right? I want that comfort zone to, find, to end up being, you know what, screw this trouble off and this side-to-side movement. I'm just going to take this shot if you're playing six feet off me.
0: He just seems like he positions himself already within that kind of mid-range area, uh, and I don't think he's quite as comfortable setting up from the perimeter. Uh, he, he just needs to make that evolution. As far as Jimmy's concerned, he has those shots, and we've seen him during the playoffs be much more comfortable. Tonight, three or four from three-point range. I love that. And Andrew, also a second part of that question, what does the heat offense look like with Jimmy and Bam contributing four to eight threes a game i don't think they'll ever reach this point i think tonight was a hell of an aberration but i think it would be freaking awesome if they support eight a
1: game. i think i can't see a downside to it okay. i think that i think a decision was made and i don't know if it was made by jimmy or bam i think there was a decision made that said you guys got to do you guys got to take these it was in the film we know the, the spacing was horrible this team this team finally got up 37 three-point attempts in this game right and i think their season high is 38 and that might have been against Washington. But they have been really struggling to get up enough three-point shots because they just don't have enough shooters, right? With Max and, and Gabe gone, there's not enough guys. Like, Telehero's taking 10 of these things a game now, but we've already mentioned the Duncan Robinson thing. He's down from, like, eight a game to five or six uh, because he's diversified his offense for some reason. All, like, Haywood being in there taking five was really good. He's got a quick trigger on this. He took, like, a 33-footer at one point, and I was like, okay, he missed it. Yes. <laughs> he shouldn't be taking those shots, but I was kind of like – you know, play your game, hey, would like go out there, do some stuff. Um, if they can get like four to five combined threes from Bam and Jimmy every game, that would make a world of a difference. And like I said, I think the coaching staff is nudging them to do that. I have no reporting on it, but I'm just trying to think, okay, you had a couple days off. You were able to get to the film. You're trying to diagnose what's wrong with the offense. Obvious, obviously, some conversations and meetings were had because Haywood Highsmith is a starting power forward now instead of and Kevin Love is out of the rotation. So some decisions have been made. There's a little tweaks, little adjustments. And I wouldn't shock me if if the coaching staff said, hey, guys, when they're playing off of you, you got to just take this. Where it's 2023 basketball. You got to take these. That's exactly
0: right. I mean, the Heat takes so few field goals. They're ranked fifth worst in the league in terms of overall field goal attempts per game. Uh, only four teams below them. And Miami, I think, would get a lot more if they just just took those threes earlier on in the shot clock, especially the defense is giving them to those two guys who have never historically shot three-pointers throughout their careers. All of a sudden, if you can hit a shot, maybe you'll get lucky. If not, at the very least, you can drop back a defense. The transition defense has always been pretty solid. I think it would continue to be, and, be
1: a problem. And now it gets easier for guys like Jimmy and Bam. If if you start making, if you start taking these and making them in a decent enough clip, the defense has to now take that six feet away. And maybe that six feet is two feet now, and they're playing up on you. And now all of a sudden, those driving lanes are open and space for cutters like Jaime Hawkins Jr. and Haywood Highsmith, behind Caleb Martin when he's healthy, behind the play become open, and all, all, all of a sudden, Miami's offense just has some new gears and a little bit more fluidity that it otherwise has not had so far um, this season. But a big win for the Heat, uh, statement win, probably best win of the season over the Lakers, best ba- uh, best game of Jimmy Butler's season, best game of Bam Adebayo's season, uh, and 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 hopefully for the Heat, um, a get-right game and a statement win that they can build on. Thanks so much for making Locked on Heat your first listen every day. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube and follow us on your favorite podcast app.